0: Two readings this morning, the first is from Luke chapter 15 verses 1 to 10 and the second is from Psalms, uh, the, uh, the subject that Mark was talking about a little earlier with the children and with us. Luke 15, 1 to 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And now to Psalm 51. David knew he didn't have a clean heart at that time, and he desperately wanted one. So he prayed to God, he said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Saviour. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I'd bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not despise.
1: Morning everyone, my name's Phil, I'm a member of the congregation here at uh, Monterey Trinity. Uh, This is my first time to bring the Bible talk to you on a Sunday, Uh, so let's get into it. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the living word, your son Jesus Christ. We thank you for the written word, the scriptures which we've heard read. And Lord, we ask that in the spoken word, uh, Lord, that you might move amongst us by your spirit and minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as soon as I master, there you go, as soon as I master the clicker, uh, I'll be right. Create in me a clean heart. Uh, if there's anything that you remember out of this morning's talk is this. There's a verse, it's verse 10. I don't know if you grew up in a, uh, a world where memory verses were popular, uh, but uh, they, they still work. Commit this verse to memory. Create in me a pure heart or a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me there's an old proverb about cleanliness it uh, has been used uh, kind of, it has a bit of a 19th century ring about it and it was used as a uh, like part of a uh, public health campaigns cleanliness is next to so you still know it don't you and uh, when, uh, it hasn't gone out of fashion has it because, what was the main message uh, during COVID at its worst? Uh, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, isn't it? Cleanliness is next to godliness. But we know that cleanliness is hard to maintain. Uh, you, uh, my version of that proverb is cleanliness is next to impossible. When you think about it, everything that I have and own and do, Uh, eventually ends up dirty. I put on a clean shirt this morning. Where is it going to end up this evening? No, you're not allowed to say on the floor. No, because it'll go in the dirty clothes basket, won't it? Now, I heard some of that mumbling about the clothes left on the floor. My first paid job, I grew up at Old Norlunga, a small town in those days, a bit of ancient history for you, a small town in those days, basic town, one shop, one pub, one institute, one primary school, netball courts and a footy oval. And the main employer was the local abattoir in those days. But mum had got the cleaning contract for the local primary school. And three nights a week, I got to stay behind at primary school and help mum clean the school. Now, that wasn't something I bragged to, uh, to all my friends. Um, but I must say, a uh, couple of things stick in my memory. The best part about the job was I got to use the industrial size floor buffer. Do you remember the days when people used to buff floors? Yes. And if you, uh, it, it could uh, take you to places you didn't want to go as a young fella hanging onto that machine as it Buffed the, floor. Uh, the other thing I remember was the worst part was having to clean the toilets. Now, I always thought they were self-cleaning, you know, but uh, life teaches you a few things, doesn't it? But today's psalm, even though David puts before us through this psalm images of being made clean, being made pure... It's not about so much about clothes or cleaning a school or floors. It's something much more profound. This has eternity about it. The work of God in the human heart is something that, well, it's an amazing thing. God again and again transforms human beings from the inside out. And this psalm tells us about a transformation, a wonderful thing, a a marvellous, it's miraculous, isn't it? When you ponder it, that God would do this in our lives. And it leads to joy, (laughs) it leads to joy. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The struggle with sin is part of our Christian experience. Words we describe, uh, try to describe it like uh, temptation, sin, forgiveness and renewal. These should be all familiar experiences to us in the Christian life. Here in this text, David comes before God confronted with his own sin. It has stained his life. Verse 2 of this psalm wash me thoroughly from my iniquity david says cleanse me from my sin there's this humble moment that david has before god he's grieving over his own sin and his own behavior cleanse me with hyssop he says and i shall be clean wash me and i'll be whiter than snow Well, if you're not familiar with David's uh, uh, experiences that led him to this point, let me give you a quick snapshot. David had sinned with Bathsheba and sinned grievously. David did nothing wrong at first. He simply walked out on his rooftop one evening and saw Bathsheba in the distance bathing. Uh, Purely by accident, you could say. But David didn't stop there. He called Bathsheba to himself, committed adultery, and when she sent word to the king, King David, that she was pregnant, David had a plan. He arranged for her husband, who was a soldier in the army, to be placed at a dangerous place, the front lines of battle, and it would mean that he would be very likely to be killed And then after that, he married Bathsheba upon her first husband's death. David was sailing along, if you like, uh, uh, through all these events until Nathan, the prophet, confronted him over his actions. And what happens? David realizes what he has done and he starts to grieve over it. Here in this psalm, we learn again of the steadfast love of God and the rich mercy of God. Because here we have David pleads for forgiveness. I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you pleaded for something. Uh, you're totally helpless. You, you can't resolve it yourself. You're, you're very vulnerable. You're begging. You're begging. You're pleading. This is where David is at. David knows God and he pleads for forgiveness. But why can he do this? He knows of the very character of God. He knows of God's steadfast love and he knows of God's tender mercies. I don't know what uh, popular image you might have of God in your mind sometimes. Uh, sometimes we think of God as like um, uh, the divine policeman, perhaps a friendly uh, sergeant at the front desk, uh, but he's always willing to be, be able to point out where you've gone wrong. Perhaps the image is uh, uh, the divine policeman with the baton just waiting for you to muck up and uh, point that baton at you and catch you out. Another image, perhaps we think of God like A Heavenly Father Christmas. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there to hand out the goodies when we pray. David knows God as a God of steadfast love and abundant mercy. Have mercy on me, he writes, uh, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. David already knows the character of God. When you, in prayer, approach God, you will encounter that same steadfast love and that same abundant mercy. David goes on, wash me uh, thoroughly of my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. He pleads with God to be forgiven. And (laughs) the case he has, the reason he gives, is because God has revealed himself Already, as the one of love and one of mercy mercy is that sense of compassion uh, on someone who is in desperate circumstances to offer help that love uh, the faithful love of god that allows god to be patient even with a sinner like david David asked for his sins to be blotted out. These, uh, picture of, It's like uh, David has this picture in his mind that there is a, a ledger, <laughs> that there is debts mounting up and uh, that it can be blotted out, it can be wiped away. Uh, have you ever had someone, uh, um, you owed them some money and they've forgiven your debt? Maybe you've owed me $10 and uh, I've said, oh, don't worry about it. That would be very rare, should I say. Maybe you owed me $10 and I said, oh, don't worry about it. There, I'm practicing, aren't I? Uh, Or maybe you've owed someone $10,000 and they've wiped that debt and released you from that. Well, David's asked for his sins to be blotted out. He asked for that debt to be released from that debt, erased from the ledger. And then David, another image in David's mind. He wants to be washed (laughs) He wants to be cleansed he He views his sin as a stain on his life that he can never get rid of himself. David is desperate for god's forgiveness. You see um, sin is not forgotten <laughs> sin it needs forgiveness. a christian takes sin seriously because god takes sin seriously Uh, we're reminded romans 6 the wages of sin is death david's situation is starting to sound like familiar territory for us isn't it there's something of us in this story too there's something of where our heart is uh, with god David expresses his guilt for sin. He realizes that he's been done something wrong. He doesn't try and wriggle out of it. David accepts personal responsibility for his sin. He says, "My transgressions, my sin." <laughs> you know, uh at times when uh, we are caught out, you know, it's the great temptation is to point the finger at someone else. (laughs) But David says, my transgressions and my sin. He takes personal responsibility for that. There's other examples in Scripture too that are worth uh, just recalling. The Apostle Paul, for example, did not attempt to hide his previous life of persecuting Christians. When he writes to Timothy, he says that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the utmost. Sin is something not to be hidden, but it's something to be brought into the light, And, and forgiveness flows. You encounter the loving kindness and the mercy of God our Father. Well, what else can we learn from David? David understands that God desires that pure heart, that pure heart. Behold, David writes, you delight in truth, in the inner being, you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. This, what we describe as the heart is that place God deals with us first, that pure heart, uh, that humble heart, and we are transformed from the inside out. The only way for David to have that inner cleansing is for God to teach him, for him to take on board God's wisdom—that uh, that revelation that comes in that relationship with God—that wisdom that comes from God. For you and I, what is that work that we want to take place in our inner being, uh, in in our heart? in that place where we kind of want to come again. You know, you might not be driven by the same amount of guilt and desperation as David was, but it should be familiar territory for all of us again and again. It's almost that we, the way we might go about confessing our sins day by day is part of how we relate to God. Lord, you know, I've stepped up. It's the way we might become more like Jesus. That Jesus' attitudes become our attitudes. It's the way we might live out that great command of love. You know, loving God and loving our neighbour. There's this place, uh, it uh, uh, crops up in the media a bit. Uh, it's uh, kind of associated with politics. And uh, the, the ultimate test for some political statement or some new program is does it pass the pub test? You're familiar with that term. You know what it means. You know is is a real people in real situations. Uh, you know is is going to pass the test, the pub test. Well, Christians, we, we have a test too. Uh, is it going to pass the love test? That great command that Jesus gave us of loving God and loving our neighbour as ourselves. Is where our heart is at present, even today, going to pass? love test and that helps us sort out what we might need to confess where we need to seek forgiveness and restore and renew that relationship with God David understands that God desires that pure heart That humble heart, that transparent heart, that that heart where nothing is hidden before God, where that heart where the love uh, that we might have for God flows freely, uh, that heart where the love we might have for our neighbours just rolls out in our words and actions something that flows from us. We are transformed from from the inside out. In verse 7, David asks to be purged with hyssop, uh, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. But this is all going somewhere. There's a point to this. Let me hear joy and gladness, David says. You know, when we um, do a lot of talking about sin, it can seem a bit heavy. Uh, When we talk about washing, you know, it can remind you of the full dirty clothes basket sitting at home waiting for you uh, or blotting out. But know this, in the Christian life, that repentance leads to joy and gladness. (laughs) There, There should be a lightness in our step when we come to confession. A lightness in our step when we come to repentance, because we know where this is going. It's our relationship with God being restored, and there's, there's a joyfulness there. There, there. There's a liberty there. Uh, this is the point in the sermon where you' are allowed to say, "Amen. There's a liberty there. All right, there we'll take that. But there is, there is. It's going somewhere. It's not the heavy. burdensome but it is a, a pathway to liberty and joy the joy of our salvation in Christ sin does indeed break relationships it breaks our relationship with God and David is seeking to be restored our own sin breaks becomes a barrier between us and God if it's left undealt with, unresolved. For an example, about how sin might break relationships. Uh, Hypothetical, of course. uh, No reference to real people, past or present, or anything else. But I thought of this. What if I was out in the church car park after church today, and I was in a hurry, uh, I reversed my car and uh, backed into yours. I put a little ding in it, perhaps even broke a taillight. Um, and uh, people saw it, but I thought, oh, it doesn't matter, uh, I, I'm, I'm in a hurry, I'm off. And I take off. What would be your opinion of me if you owned that car? Of course you'd be angry, and, and you'd want uh, some uh, uh, payment for damages, you want things to be put right. Well, there's two ways I could go, isn't there? I, I could come to you and say look I'm sorry I've I've reversed into your car Uh, I've done some damage how can I put that right or I could I'm in a hurry it doesn't really matter it wasn't that much of a ding I'm on the way and you come to me and you uh, ask for me seen by others of course to pay for the damage that would that would be right reasonable normal wouldn't it and i say oh no 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 i'm not doing that you know that starts to become a barrier between <laughs> between people doesn't it uh, any of the those when someone's been wronged and it's never resolved it breaks the relationship it becomes a barrier and left unattended uh means usually that people stop talking to each other and eventually avoid each other it's miserable David, when he seeks forgiveness, (laughs) knows there is joy and gladness on the horizon. He asks for that to be restored, the joy of his salvation. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. When you experience from God, yourself, yes. Forgiveness when you forgive others, yes. It is a beautiful thing. And David here is asking for joy and gladness to be restored. He understands that God desires a pure heart. And he seeks that. In Luke's gospel, uh, we had uh, the story of the parable of the lost coin. Uh, You recall the story, the woman, 10 silver coins, loses one. Uh, She lights... um, sweeps the house until she finds it, searches everywhere, and when she finds it, she calls her neighbours uh, and says, that they, rejoice with me, I've found my lost coin. And then Jesus says, in the same way, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Have this clear in your mind. Repentance is a joyful thing (laughs) a woman loses a coin finds it tells her neighbors to come and celebrate with her jesus says that when there is repentance and sinner who repents there's rejoicing in the presence of angels in heaven can you can you get that picture in your mind (laughs) repentance leads to joy but here we are Only God can create the clean heart. David asked to be made a different person. He asked to be made a different person. Creating me a pure heart, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. God never turns away anyone who has come to him with a humble heart. And there's joy to be encountered. You will find joy with that humble heart, receiving forgiveness from God. Can you see, I'm I'm asking you to consider Uh, Weaving into your daily experience of God a place for confession, for your heart to be renewed, for that clean heart experience that only God can do deep within. And experience forgiveness. (laughs) Have have a, a renewed joy of your salvation once again. Once again. David asked God to make him a different person and he specifically asks for a clean heart and a new and right spirit. The church in Corinth, the Christians there knew this from uh, 1 Corinthians six eleven: You're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. There is good news here. A recognition of sin, joyful steps of repentance. There is good news. There is good news. Well, for David, what happens next? Oh, there we go. That's a good question to ask. What happens next? Um, David starts to see things differently. Remember the beginning of this psalm, he was in despair before God. He was begging, desperate for forgiveness. As this psalm moves on, he has this plea. The request that he makes of God is to create within him a pure or a clean heart. And he starts to see things differently. The inner change of David becomes an outward change. It always starts there, doesn't it? An inner change of David becomes an outward change in what he wants to do. The way he wants to serve God. The way he wants to serve people around him. He starts talking about that he wants to teach others. Uh, I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners can turn back to you the very experience that David had gone through he wants to teach others now isn't that a a, a truth that just rings down through the generations that the best lessons you can teach others are the ones you've learned yourself so consider this in your relationship with God what is the best lesson you can teach others David wants to teach transgressors so that sinners can turn back to him. And then there's another thing that David wants to do. Verse 15. My mouth will declare your praise. Well, David makes a mighty contribution to the Psalms, the written Psalms, and the praise of God. And uh, just one moment, please. He has a new mission. David encounters God afresh, is renewed within, and has a new mission. And that is to teach others God's way. (laughs) And to praise God, my mouth will declare your praises. Can you see here that the change (laughs) of his heart led to the change of the way he wanted to serve God? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, yes, things do change. David was renewed a pure and clean heart in some churches uh, there's uh, sometimes people read the psalms together uh, in some churches, there might even be uh, books that contain the psalms that get used week by week uh, either read or in songs and I want to conclude with us saying together if you're willing um, one verse from Psalm 51 it's an easy verse it's there on the screen before you Uh, are you ready this is this is the concluding point so please be part of the conclusion create in me a clean heart O God And renew a right spirit within me. And all the people said, Amen. We're uh, going to prepare to sing. I'm going to invite the musicians up. And uh, we'll prepare to sing our next song together.